This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Besotted Podcast, second podcast this week actually, obviously we had one at the beginning of the week because we had a mid-week game about, against Sheffield Wednesday and we're looking forward now to our game against Bolton on Saturday away, second time to the Midwest or the Northwest in seven days which will be a bit of a trek for some fans but we took a lot up there and hopefully we'll take a lot up there again on Saturday. I've got in the studio with me today Dave Lane from Besotted, it's me Billy Absolutely. the Bee and Dave Lane. And we'll be chatting a bit later to Matt Anderson from Lion of Vienna Suite, the Bolton fanzine. Anyway, Dave, how are you doing? You right? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. Was a, I thought it was an encouraging match on Tuesday. Another entertaining one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about you know not being uh, not being potent enough up front, which is you know it's going to be a common theme throughout the season, I think. But um, I think it highlighted once again that you know we're just missing missing that clinical edge. Um, but you know. Wednesday weren't a bad team themselves, so you know I, I think a point was a, a very, you know pretty valuable one. Although you know, you know, we're, it's, it's, I think it's always natural for us to feel like it, it could have been three, might have been three, but it was one, and um, you know I, I, I think uh, I think we we should be fairly fairly content with that. I mean, a point was you know was fair enough at the end of the day. I mean, uh, Wednesday came down to us with a, a pretty decent away record compared to their home record, anyway. And uh, a lot of their fans were fairly confident, actually, they'll get something out of that game. I know that um, I think Mark Devlin said that it was one of the most exciting nil-all games that you're going to see. I mean, it was fairly exciting, and uh, I don't know if you had a look back and saw the chances, but again, a couple of guilt out of chances that we missed or, or weren't given. I mean, key points in the game, um, Hotter, um, the way that he left those two defenders for dead was just, just unbelievable. It was something out of sort of kind of a magic show. Um, left the two defenders for dead, and through the threaded the ball through to, to Gray who scored, who apparently, according to some, including Mark Warburton, thought it was on sides. Well there you go. I mean, you know, um it's it's those thin margins, is it's another one that's gone gone against us and you're right, you know what what Yotta did was was world class in, in that instant and not only did he did he leave those two for dead that he uh, he it actually delivered the perfect cross as well, and um, Andre Gray um, smashed it in the back of the net. Um, people saying he doesn't take his chances, and you know he's he's he's, he's sort of uh, he's not quite up to the level we'd hope yet. Well, I, I say that's wrong. You know, I, I think that one really went against him, um, and it would have been it could have been the match winner. Um, the, the linesman put his flag up. That's that's completely out of our control. So, you know, I, I, he proved he was clinical and he and he has got the touch. Um, the fact that he you know he didn't he didn't convert one later on is kind of I guess it's relevant, but um, it's, it's, it's kind of neither here nor there when you look at the bigger picture. And that chance that he had later on, it's sort of similar in a way to the one that he had at Wigan. Uh, got the ball, 
and he he he, he tried to lob it, and uh, again it, it went over the went over the crossbar, which I thought he was a bit unlucky. Um, probably could have done a few other things, but he decided to actually kind of take it first time, lob the ball over, and again a little bit unlucky. And as we said, we chatted him to the on the train on the way back from Wigan, and he was just a little bit gutted because he thought that he should have taken that chance a bit better at Wigan. And again, he had the opportunity here, and uh, maybe it's just not quite going for him, is it? No, no. But as, as you know, as I just said, you know, it, it, it did go for him in, in the, with, the, with the first chance. And what we're wanting, what we're asking from our strikers is to be instinctive and to do things naturally, um, and to expect him to sort of put a thought process in between the ball coming across and thinking, oh, what should I do with it? The, the chance is going to go at this level. He, he has to do what comes naturally to, to, to his to his mind and to his foot. And if that is to lob. Then, then he ought to carry on trying to do that because, um, you know, they are, we are, we are believing in him, um, and and it will come right for him. So just carry on doing what you're doing, mate. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm happy for him to be in the starting lineup for as long as Warps agrees with us. I mean, we've had a couple of nil all draws, one up at Wigan, one against Sheffield. Some people say we're holding our own. I mean, I think we know. I think you think a lot of people think we've done very well. And other people still saying we're probably not clinical enough. We're not scoring as many goals as we could do. Because if we had scored the goals that we should have done, we actually could have been near the top of the league, which would be quite scary. And that's opened up a bit of a debate, hasn't it, on the goal scoring front? Because I know we've got Andre Gray, we've just explained, and you thought, excellent player, really good prospect. Big Nick Prosovich as well. And it's opened up a debate up on the, the Besotted uh, Twitter page um, and online as to whether Big Nick should be given more of a chance in the game, whether or not he's the player for us, whether or not we should be changing our formation slightly to actually bring him into the game. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it, I think there's two points to that. I think I think a lot of Brentford fans, um, and myself included, um, you, you can kind of get tempted into um, raising your expectations or aspirations for the season. We've seen how close the, the, the division is, and you kind of think, if we were to win this, then we'd be three points off the top. And it, whether that's an unrealistic dream that we could be challenging this season or this early, I, I, I don't know. But when, 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 when you've got the opportunity, you, you really got to go for it. And I, I think there's always that slight frustration that, oh, if we'd have, if that point had been three today, we would have been in the playoff places again. And 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 so the so the sort the snowball effect from that continues. So, I think I think after getting promotion and, and having an having a sort of um an environment where success is is sort of being encouraged and being achieved, I think it's sometimes it's difficult it's difficult to rein yourself back in. But on onto the onto Big Nick being given a chance and missing his chance um, when he could have made his name for himself on Wednesday. Again, um, you're right. There's, there's been a there's been a bit of a debate. It's been a, a really good um, article, which I don't agree with, but um, we've we've published on Besotted um, on on Besotted.com, um, and I, I I think that it's calling for fans to give him a chance and to be patient and not to write him off, which I guess is fair enough. We don't want to get on our players' backs. But it, that's kind of it's ignoring the fact that we're do, we're doing exactly that with Andre Gray. So um, 
you know, having having we haven't seen a lot of Nick. Um, we've only seen him in, in in glimpses. But you know, I'm I'm afraid football's a bit of a brutal business. You can you you got to judge on what you see, and what we've seen is sort of a bit of a square peg in a round hole. You know, we've got a, a very very clear ethos by Warburton about how we play football. A formation at the fans forum. He said, you know, there's only there's only one plan. That's Plan A, and if Plan A doesn't work, you do Plan A better. Um, so he set he set his stall out, and that's, this is how we play. And to, to change that for what we've seen of you know Nick is kind of like is a bit mad. Um, he's he's you know he's obviously not an awful player, but is he is he up to the level that we need? And I, I kind of I, my hunch is, and I, I said it I say it every week. We've seen enough poor players to know when we see one. I'm not saying he's poor, but is he is he the championship striker that we need? I I suggest he isn't. Um, Hull suggested he wasn't. Um, uh, so you know yeah, he's he's been unlucky with injuries in the past. He's, been out on loan. He's, he's here now. He's a fresh start, but it's not really working for him or us. So you know the vibes aren't great. That's all I can say. Okay, but Mark Warburton and the coaching staff see him week in week out, and from what I can gather, and uh, this is before they're very excited about him. They think that he offers us a different option, and uh, you know maybe they want to see it out there, you know, on the pitch. And maybe when he goes out there, he hasn't quite performed like he should do. And it's one of those players who needs to be given two, three, four months to actually get into the swing of things. I mean, again, I'm out there and I see him, you know, I've seen the ball come to him and instead of heading it forwards, he's headed it right back into the midfield, which confuses a lot of fans. You know, he's a Brentford player through and through, so we're not going to go out and slag off Brentford players because that's not what you do. You get behind your team, you get behind your players. But you do get a little bit nervous when he does come on because there is a little bit of like, a, oh, you know, what's yeah. he going to do now? And you do hope almost like one day, that he may come on and absolutely just do something, you know, fantastic. Probably like the good old-fashioned Bobby Booker days when Bobby Booker used to come on before and he was like, oh, it's Bob Booker, Bob Booker. All of a sudden, he came on and scored a hat-trick against Hull, I think it was. And then after that, Bob Booker was the big legend and everybody loved him. So, I, I, I don't know, with Big Nick, obviously the jury's out. The problem we've got is that we have not that many strikers. Hogan's been injured. Patinho is still obviously working his way up to a certain standard. I mean, Patinho, a lot of people have been talking about Patinho. Why isn't Patinho on the bench, you know, on the pitch? We've got him from Sporting Lisbon. He's meant to be highly rated. Is it the case that we've looked at him and thought, actually, he's quite not the ticket as yet. He's got a lot of work to be done. Yeah, but you could, you know, he may not, we may not have all the all the facets to his game that Nick has in terms of giving us an option of height and, you know, supposedly being able to hold the ball up. But I reckon he would have taken the chance, you know, um, at the end of the Sheffield Wednesday game. You know, I, I, I think a different striker would have, one in form and one one in confident form would have, would have taken that. And I'm just hoping it's not going to get to a stage where um, Nick is going to get a goal for us. I mean, you know, we, we create so many chances. He's, he's going to be in a position. Where you know he can't miss, you know, like like away at Dagenham. Um, but uh, I just don't want it to end up being a kind of like um, uh, pointing to his number and sort of like it being a personal personal battle or personal issue. I don't think it's going to get to that stage. But you know, um, I, I don't think we should be considering dropping him and, and uh, dropping Gray and starting with him because um, you know, one one is full of tricks and full of confidence who. Isn't taking every chance that comes his way, and the other one looks well short of 
being a Brentford first teamer. You know, we've 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 improved amazingly over the last two seasons, and we need to be improving, not just not not weakening our team, just to to, to for an experiment. To be honest, I mean, we've got on the bench potentially coming off. We've got Smith, who's been injured for for quite a few weeks now, but he came back in the development squad on Monday. Scored a goal against Birmingham City, Birmingham City, and uh, didn't he wasn't on the bench on on Tuesday. Obviously not ready. He's had a few more days in training, but potentially he could be on the bench on Saturday and could be an option for us, couldn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, I, well, I, on the flip side, what we've seen from Tommy Smith is um, a useful substitute. Again, I don't I don't see him as a as a starting starting um, eleven member. Um, he probably doesn't see himself as that either. Um, um, but uh, he can hold the ball up. He's got bags of experience at this level. Um, he scored a you know a very important goal against Charlton in the first game of the season, which brought we're going back to one all. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, he is is well worth his place on the bench, and I've got no qualms about him coming into the team at any stage. And it's it's good it's good that we're getting injured injured players back, and uh, you know we're getting a, we're getting sort of um, the selection choices, which you know you, you, so it can only be good for the team. And talk about selection choice. Hey, James Tarskowski was out the game on Tuesday because he was banned for after the booking that he got at the weekend, but he potentially can be back this weekend. So we've got that age-old problem. We've got three into two. Or three to two, indeed. Three yes, who doesn't quite fit? Harley Dean uh, was well recorded in complaining, saying that he's been made a scapegoat. He feels for the the, the defeats and the problems that the teams had over a, you know over a short period of time, and he's been ousted, and he's been made sort of third place uh, defender. Do you think that that's a fair uh, a fair thing that Harley said? I don't think it's a fair thing he said. No, um, I, 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 I don't think he should have said that at all. He hasn't been made a scapegoat. Um, I think fans uh, will always support him. Um, I, I think uh, Warburton um, has picked his best two uh, centre backs. I think the best two centre backs at this club at the moment are, are Craig and, and Tarkowski. Um, you can you can sort of take that take that on the chin, or you can sort of you know say you know I've been hard done by, but from that's you know I, th- I don't I don't think there's many fans um, that would disagree with what Warburton's doing in terms of his selection at the back. Um, what he does on Saturday, um, I think he'll bring Tarky back, um, which will be harsh. I don't think I don't think Dean put a foot wrong or a head wrong on on Tuesday night against Sheffield Wednesday, but you know with. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think we're in that game of um, just just uh, picking what's what's what, what's the comfortable decision. I think it's, it's what's right, um, and I think you have to pick your very strongest team. Um, Bolton are going to be a threat. It's the first home game. Monday, Neil Lennon. They want to impress him. Um, they're expecting a big crowd there. You know, there could be you know borderline twenty thousand. Um, we need to be as tight as we can be, and um, you know, I think. Um, Harley Dean's going to have to get used to not having it all his own way, I'm afraid. I mean, he, he did have a good game on, on Tuesday. He did. Wednesday. Um, fantastic. And it's interesting as well because it's one of those scenarios where you think that you know, you, you're also out to prove prove a point. And he, he, he was a bit like, again, like a man possessed, you know, didn't put a foot wrong, played that fantastic cross-field ball as well, which, you know, could and couldn't have, you know, something could have come off the back of that. But he had a fantastic game and probably in any other season, in any other team, 
um, you know, he would walk straight into the first team. But you know, is that just a testament as to where Brentford are at the moment now that we've got actually three excellent centre backs, um, which are you know, which are doing the business? And you know, at some stage you're going to have to rotate. I mean, James Tarkowski, he is the yellow card king. He gets booked so much, he'll probably be suspended at least twice a season. You know, when he came to us, he had untold cards last season and he, and he got suspended I think very quickly so we will be actually having our players rotated we, there's injuries there's so on and so forth and maybe it's it's a position of strength that Brentford have that we actually have this scenario where we've got three very very strong centre-backs I think all the better players are going to have to get used to sort of coming in and coming out um, you know and there is there is a certain amount of rotation when we've got a, you know a very you know a full um, you know when we're, we've got no in injuries um, uh, but we're going to need as much pace as we can get um, on Saturday. Um, Beckford probably be playing um, and is quick, um, and we just need someone who can sort of put him in his place and make sure they don't get past him. Um, and I think Tarky's got a bit more speed than Dean, and I think for that reason that he'll, he'll get picked. So um, we shall see. You know, I've got I've got no problems with it, with with it with Harley or Tarky playing on Saturday. Um, you know, they're they're both more than capable of doing a brilliant job for Brentford. Um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sort of be down if one's in and one's not. And I, I just think that um, Warburton will, will pick Tarky. I think that's I think that's the way he is at the moment. I think he's just gonna pick the strongest possible team he can. And I think he feels that Tarky's first choice and, and Harley isn't. Um, talking about selections as well, I mean in the midfield we've got a plethora of midfielders still waiting for some to come back, people like Dallas who have obviously been injured and it would be great to see him come back and decide to give us a different option, could have really done with him on Saturday actually, if he'd come on maybe would have offered a different option in, in that attacking front but he wasn't there but we've got the man Tamani who he's been loyal to Brentford he turned down moves to go to, you know, to Coventry, to other places People would love him in, you know, in, in Division One in particular. He'd be a key player, but he says I want to stay at Brentford and fight for my place. And uh, and Mark Warburton has turned around and said to him, "You need to earn a contract. I want you to earn a contract." Um, do you think that he is a Championship player? I do. Um... Again, you know, I don't want to. It sounds like I'm sort of <laughs> being overly harsh on these players. I see him. I see him as a Brentford substitute. I don't see him as a Brentford first eleven player. Um, I think he's a great squad player. I, I don't. I think the fans love him. You, they, you can see he tries his hardest at all times. He's got the most woeful shot in the world, though. Um, uh, there was a couple of stray passes on on Tuesday night, which again, you know, if we're going to talk about him, we've got to highlight that. Um, I'd like him to stay, um, but if he's looking, talking about his long-term future, then perhaps that might be away from from Brentford. Maybe you know, maybe his agent um, and himself might look at a, a longer-term situation where he gets more more first-team football, and that and that might be somewhere else. But I, I think he's a great squad player. He, he's, a, he's one that you know wears his heart on his sleeve and. Um, uh, you know the fans love him. They 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 call, they sing his name when he's warming up, and that shows you the respect he, he's earned. And you you have to earn that respect. And so he, today he's done that. He's done it. He's earned it. So I can't see him changing. He's not he's not a lazy player. Um, so um, maybe Warbs is playing a bit of a mind game. He's got he's got to step it up a little bit more. Maybe find a little bit more quality in in some of his passing. Um, but he's kind of like one of those players that one game one game he can look 
brilliant. Another game he can look average. Maybe it's that consistency he's looking for. Um, so yeah, I, I hope he I hope he does what Warbs wants him to do, and I hope he hope he's offered a contract. What he does with it, you know, whether he accepts it or goes somewhere else, we'll see. Yeah. Um, just one last point about the the Wednesday game. Sheffield Wednesday were very kind in actually giving Brentford a present for their 125th anniversary, uh, a cut crystal decanter. Um, nice touch from Wednesday, didn't you think that, Dave? Yeah, it's lovely. Um, I'm sure that it's in the boardroom with, with all our trophies now. Um, <laughs> I, I prefer if they gave, <laughs> they was a, if they'd have given us an owl, like a real owl, I think that would have been way better. <laughs> You know, like a like a barn owl, or a, or maybe an eagle owl, or a snowy owl. Snowy owl would be good. <laughs> or maybe um, three points. Well, three points would have been lovely, but no, <laughs> I reckon a real owl would have been great, and then we could have had that in, you know, just doing tricks at half time. Peter Gillam could <laughs> hold it, and he could do some sort of sort of like you know, with big big leather glove on and, and bells, some sort of like medieval kind of eagle jousting would have been good. So. Yeah, but it's a nice it's a nice touch, Bill. But I think you know if you're gonna if you're gonna give someone a present, you need to be a bit more thoughtful than a crystal crystal goblet. <laughs> yes, and um, I mean 125th anniversary, and uh, just harking back to one of our old players, who unfortunately very sadly died this week, George Francis, um, massive massive player for the Brentford uh, just after the war um, in the 50s, scored 136 goals, uh, part of the Twin Towers. I mean, Dave, you've been doing quite a lot of research for the, the Bradford 125th yearbook, and you know a lot about George Francis, don't you? Yeah, fortunately, I was I was lucky enough to interview George at his house um, a few years back, um, and he was he was such a lovely fella. Um, he was as bright as a button. Um, um, he he had some so much love for the club. He was a local boy, um, you know, born born in Acton. Um, uh, and as you say, sort of, you know, they had a famous partnership with with Jim Towers. They were part of the same um, cinema team, and they served together in the same regiment, I believe, in the war. Um, um, in the, to do the national service, um, and his 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 scoring record with 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 Jim and you know individually as well was just phenomenal. Um, I mean, they scored sixty one goals in the fifty eight to fifty nine season, which was unbelievable, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and but you know, I've met a lot of old players recently, and you, you could tell that he, he didn't head the ball an awful lot because a lot of players from that era that did a lot of heading, they've they, you know they've, they've suffered from memory loss and Alzheimer's and all and all kinds. So um, he, he was a, he was a, he was a shorter player than than Jim, um, and um, he was prolific, you know. Uh, you know, if you, if you see on the front of uh, the Besotted um, website, there's a rotation of pictures, and he, he's he's one of them. He's he's in a, he's a sort of a colourised picture, and he's he's sitting there in the middle of um, a squad of players, and you can tell how proud he is to be there. Um, and yeah, he, he was a lovely man, um, and he, his record for the club is just beyond comparison with anything um, recent. You know. Um, Players don't score that amount of goals anymore, um, and uh, you know, it's, yeah, he is a sad loss. And I, and I think it's great that the club were able to introduce him into the Hall of Fame um, bef before before sort of uh, it was too late. So um, yeah, thoughts and condolences of his family, but a massive 
massive thank you to him for what he did for a club because um you know he, he he really is an iconic Brentford player and um I, I'm, you know whether we see the likes of that again and in terms of a prolific goal scoring ability you know you've just got to hope we can but um we'll see but so yeah rest 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 in peace rest in peace George Francis Brentford legend. All right, we're going to uh, go over and we're going to chat. We're going to get on the line, Mr. Matt Anderson from the Lion of Vienna fanzine, the Bolton fanzine. Going to have a little chat, talk about the game at the weekend. Okay, um, welcome to Matt Anderson. Um, he is um, uh, one of the contributors to the blog called Lion of Vienna, which can be found at lionofviennasuite.sbnation.com. Um, Gonna, we're going to, in the build-up phase to another match, these matches whiz round, it, it would appear, so one more day to go, and then we're into weekend mode, so the, the Bees are at Bolton, at the Reebok on Saturday, um, where Neil Lennon has uh, got the uh, unenviable, enviable task of turning the Trotters' fortunes around after Doogie Friedman uh, was sacked recently, or left recently. Um, so, Matt, um, Neil, Neil's He's a high-profile manager appointment. Um, you know, to a certain extent, as I was saying earlier, he's you know he's a bit of an unknown commodity. You yeah. Know, my cat, my cat could win the title with Celtic. Um, turning turning your fortunes around is a is a, a little bit of a different prospect. What, you know, what's your vibe? Do you, do you think do you think he's got what it takes? Yeah. Well, I think he's got that winning mentality, and that's really what we need at the minute more than anything. Is we need someone with a bit of, bit of something about them to get the players up for it more than any. Like that's what we need at the minute. Um, tactically, obviously, there's always going to be that question mark about him whether he's he's had the experience and things like that. You know, available to to really get at the team and improve defensively what we need and things like that. But just you can see already the impact that he's had um, with the players morale-wise and things like that. They're already fighting for balls harder than they were before and, and going into tackles better and, you know, just get really have a bit of more passion for the game, which I think is what we needed. It was a bit of a disconnect between the fans and the players. He brought that back a lot. So I think that that in 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 essence is what's going to be best about his appointment um obviously there's more to come he's only been in charge for two games so we don't know exactly what he can bring tactically but so he started off with a win at St Andrews and then that's right, yeah. defeat to Charlton that's um, right yeah. week um he's a, you know he's concerned I mean I've read, I've read a few things he's concerned about his reputation following him down from from Celtic but you know he he, he's, he certainly is a feisty one and mm. you know um uh, he, he got into a bit of a fracas at St Andrews. Can you tell us tell us exactly what happened? Well, uh, I wouldn't exactly call it a fracas. It was more, um, uh, I think it was the uh, female linesman that's been doing, you know, uh, the touchlines recently was the uh, fourth official, and um, he was just leaving his his technical area a few times. It, it, apparently, he says the um, the rules on that in Scotland are a bit more lenient. You're able to leave for a, you know a few yards and things like that. And he was just on the pitch trying to speak to Jay Spear, and he was the captain uh, about penalty takers at the time. And the referee decided it was one too many times he left the technical area, so he was um, promptly sent to the stands. Uh, there was nothing malicious about it or anything like that. It was just a so it was a, a petty rule infringement rather yeah, exactly. than anything, yeah. anything notorious. Exactly. It was so, dull, I mean, you know, the, the winner St Andrews. Kind of stopped the rot, you know. You'd, you'd been on a miserable run of results, and um, including a four-nil spanking at, at, uh, at Fulham. Um, um, you know, for God's sake, Fulham are even above you. So that shows you how bad your seasons, your season's been. Um, 
What's what's the what's the vibe amongst the the fans? I mean, were, were they were they sort of screaming for you know the sacking of Freeman, or or, or were they sort of patient, or, or yeah. how, how was the vibe bringing up there? Well, um, at the start of the season, for some reason, there was some sort of optimism about uh, about what he could bring. Um, he seems to bring that out of people, Friedman. He just sort of he, he says the right things and things like that. But um, as as the season wore on, it just got worse and worse tactically, and performances like plummeted and things like that. And um, it just got to a point where it was untenable, really. Um, the the fans weren't, you know, didn't feel part of the club. I think it took so long for the fans to want him out. That um, just because they'd lost passion for the game and for the club and things like that, it just sort of it got that bad. But um, that's where I think that that's why I think that Neil will obviously bring a lot more. That's why the the upturn in form I, I can see that coming from from his passion and things like that. That's so it's another example of the grass isn't always greener. You know, he's yeah. doing such a great job at Crystal Palace and he's exactly. about to take him up to the Premiership and he's risked everything to, to go to Bolton and it's backfired and you've got, mm. to, you've got to wonder where his next managerial you know, appointment's going to be. And, mm. you know, we, we, we saw that with, you know, Uwe Rosler leaving Brentford to, to go to Wigan where, you know, it's just not working out for him there oh, either. Yeah, and some, sometimes, you know, I know there's that ever, you know, it's, it's the temptation always to get, to, to, to move on, to, to get up the, you know, the ladder. But sometimes it's best to build, build, build an empire maybe. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So the match on Saturday, you know, um, you must be really hopeful that you know the fans can get behind the team and um, the new manager, and you can you can you can get another win. Um, you know, what's your what's your vibe? What's your prediction? Um, well, I'm thinking fans-wise, it's good. hopefully it's going to get back to the days of the Premier League days. That's what we're hoping for anyway, where we can get you know up above sort of the twenty thousands because it was it's been really poor recently, really poor because it's such a new stadium as well. It doesn't really create that atmosphere like an old ground does. It's like um, we really need need the fans there to really create that atmosphere. So we're hoping that the feel good factor at the minute that's what we can get get an atmosphere going again, get a bit of a roar back. Um, but prediction wise for the game, uh, I'd, I'd imagine I know you don't you don't score many, do you? You don't seem to. Uh, we we haven't for the last couple of games. We're 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 capable of it. We we we, yeah. we threaten to score a lot, and you know I think it's going to be one of those seasons where when it when it all clicks into place, you know we're we're going to. You know, capable of giving people a, a proper hiding, um, but you know that can go both ways as well. You know, we're 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 we're, we're sort of we've shored up um, our defensive frailties, um, but it's just getting that combination. You know, we're still we're still learning, and we're not getting it right every week. But we're, we're playing some good stuff. Um, it's going to be you know should be an entertaining game if you come at us. Um, yeah. We'll certainly go toe to toe with any 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 footballing team. Um, you know, and. and We've only had one really off day. Um, that was a Middlesbrough, and even the Norwich defeat at home, which was on paper it looks quite a heavy one. We we outplayed them for 70 minutes, and it, you know it was just a series of events that you know the, the game got away from us. But um, you know it, sh- it should be a, should be a really good really good match. I would have thought it's going to be tight. I, would, I, I suspect. Um, um, so can you talk us through the team and you know who should we who should we look out for? Who should we fear? Um, what kind of formation? Do you, um, do you expect him to play? And um, you know, is he is there is there is there sort of players that have come in that weren't featuring in the previous regime? 
Um, I don't think there's been massive wholesale changes. I was expecting more, maybe, well, I was definitely expecting more. And we've seen a, a reintroduction of Darren Bratley on, on the left-hand side, which doesn't seem to have worked out, really. Who, who Brentford fans will be very familiar with. He, he played with us for, for, for a little while. Yeah, well, um, he's very, I suppose he's dynamic and he works hard, but um, it's, it's just he's not a very good footballer at the end of the day. He just doesn't possess the ability. So I think a change there is something that we need, especially attacking-wise. Uh, but we seem to be playing, uh, Lennon seems to go for the 4-2-3-1, which we were expecting better, really. We were expecting something a bit more attacking, I suppose. But he's made that formation more attacking because he's, he's brought Chung-Yung Lee into the centre, which has really sort of opened up his game. And we've seen a completely different player from him, a player that we saw in the Premier League, really. Probably we expected him to be in the in the Championship. He's sort of opening up defences and tearing people apart. So I think that's one that, that Brentford fans would be you know wary of this this game. I think him behind a striker that can actually score goals that isn't Jermaine Beckford maybe would um, would, would be good for us. But um, so um, it, midweek Mason was injured apparently, so that's why he wasn't he didn't feature. But I'd be hoping to see him come into the scene the team this weekend and maybe bag a goal or two. Um, defensively, we have our problems as well. We've got Dean Moxie at left back who did score midweek, but he's um, left hand side for the past couple of games has, has been our weakest area really. So that, I think if you were looking, if Brentford were looking at a, a way to get out, I'd imagine down your right would be would be the way to do it. So Beckford um, again, it's kind of another another big name. He's been he's been around uh, um, a few few teams recently. Um, what's you know what kind of form has he been in this season? I know he's you know he's scored a couple of goals, but um, you, you expecting more from him? Yeah, he's been really poor, really. If if we're honest, um, managers seem to. You know, work on this reputation that he has when when it leads of scoring goals and things. But you have to remember that was in League One. Um, he did have a, a phenomenal goal scoring record in League One, but then he, he took the step up to Everton and worked hard, but still didn't really score the goals. And then he's moved back down and just hasn't found a, a really you know a rich vein of form at all. So um, he, he sometimes finds himself in the right positions, but even now with a technically very good player behind him, he still isn't scoring the goals. So I think now is the time to sort of move on, find someone else that can, you know, get us get us the goals. Really, we we have been looking at Gary Hooper from Norwich as well, but I think that's a non-starter really. So we have to work with what we got. Yeah. Or bringing him in on loan. Yeah, yeah, because he's not really playing at the minute. He's coming back from injury, so. But I still don't think it's it's really a possibility. They paid a lot of money for him. They'll probably want to want the returns themselves rather than ship him out to someone else to do it for them. And defensively, you know, you've, you know, is that something that Lennon's um, yeah. working hard on? Um, yeah, well, you know, he needs to he needs to tighten it up at the back, and then obviously, uh, you know, start chipping away and getting getting the goals as well. But I mean, you know, Brentford have got a, a lot of options coming forward, and you know, are you are you worried about us? Um, defensively, I'd be I'd be worried about any team coming against us. To be perfectly honest, if it was you that have options going forward, if it was someone else that really has no striking options, I'd still be worried that we'd we'd make a mistake and they'd score a goal against us at the minute. But one of the big things that Lennon did when he came in was um, he brought uh, Mialby with him, which is his assistant. It was a you know a dominating centre back when he was playing, and he he said he takes it as a personal offence when they do concede. That his teams concede, so we'd hope we'd see some sort of upturn in form defensively as a you know a consequence of him coming in. But as 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 of yet, we haven't. But I don't, I didn't expect really too much change because they really just haven't had time to 
so I'll get their own systems in at the minute because we've been up and down the country and you know twice now in, in the week that he's been here so hopefully this weekend we'll see a bit more change towards his own sort of tactical systems and things like that more than we have the last two games. I think that's one thing you can expect from us on Saturdays that we are going to come at you. We we, we do attack. That's there's only you know. Um, uh, Mark Warburton, he's, he says he's got Plan A, and if Plan A doesn't work, you you try you know you you, you try Plan A even, even more, <laughs> um, and and that is to that is to just play flowing football and and go at teams. Mm. Um, so you know. Bear, it, bear that in mind. So uh, um, I, I don't think we're I don't think we're going to come and sort of have a cagey contest and try and try and nick a goal. I think we will we, you know we will yeah. we will try and exploit um, you know the you know the, 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 your frailties and hopefully you know find a, a Bolton that's uh, um, the one that's in in relegation mood, not the one that's in uh, survival mode. So can we have a prediction from you, old chap? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go a high-scoring game, to be honest, because I know you, you can be quite solid defensively, but we certainly can't. So I think a win is for us is for me. It's it, it's not a it's not a certainty, but it's something that I, I expect to happen. So I think if Mason comes in, I think we could probably do something along the lines of a four-two. The proper high scoring game, so at least you'll be entertained on the way back down to Brentford, I suppose. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold my prediction until tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna be a bit of a wimp, but I, I think I think if I'm if you're gonna put me on the spot, I, I think we'll it'll be another draw actually, um, a score draw this time. It's not gonna be another nil nil. Maybe maybe one or two two all draw. Um, two all two all is a, a possibility, I suppose, because I think we're, we're capable of conceding, especially at home with the fans behind us. And if we bring in some you know someone that isn't Beckford, we'll definitely score goals as well. So. And you expect and you expect you say you know twenty twenty plus thousand. You thinking? Hopefully, hopefully. Um, with the feel good factor that we've got at the minute, we hope I would hope anyway that we could bring in fans like that. I know some people aren't expecting numbers of that amount, but I would hope so. Something up a lot up around that mark, yeah. It's his first time game, isn't it? So yeah, you know, exactly. You've got, to, you've got to, I guess you've got to get down there and uh, support him, or uh, at least see see what's changed and exactly, um, yeah. see what see what the atmosphere is like. Okay, Matt. Well, thanks for joining Besotted. Don't forget if you want to uh, check check um, Matt's contributions out. It's Lion of Vienna Suite. Nation. Com. Okay, mate. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Right. Cheers, buddy. Bye bye. So yeah, interesting chat to Matt Anderson there from Lion of Vienna. Um, Bolton fans seem like they're up for it. He's not quite sure whether or not they're going to actually get the result. We need to go up there and play as well as we've done. You know, in past weeks to actually make sure that we kind of nail down three points because we really do need three points on Saturday after these two, two one-pointers, I think. So, um, yes, let's going to wrap this up now, Dave. Uh, good little chat today. Good little chat. So, um, looking forward to the to, looking forward to Saturday. Long train journey. Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to the game more than the journey. Um, but I think they're there for the taking. Um, but you know, I think I think it's going to be an open game. I think. As I said in, in, in the interview with Matt, it's just um, uh, it's whether that they rise to the occasion of uh, you know Lennon's first home game. It's just seeing what impact that is. But I, I think Bolton are there for the taking. If we if we can be on the top of our game, um, they they're not going to turn. You know they're obviously a, a poor team this season, and they're not going to necessarily turn that round overnight. So we've got we've got to tuck in and uh, um, just attack. Definitely. And uh, just keep in tune with Besotted. If you can't make the match, 
or if you're going to the match, first of all, keep in tune with the side. We'll be able to just maybe give you a few little hints as to where to go to drink before the game. Not that many places in Horwich Parkway to drink. The Beehive, we've been told, which is all right. Not about half a mile away. But there's places in Horwich itself which are half decent from what we've been told. So have a look out on Besotted Twitter. Um, just having a look around. And we'll give you little thoughts on that as well. If you can't make the game, you could check our Twitter feed because we do try and keep you up to date, blow by blow, goal by goal as to what's happening there. So it's at Besotted there. And also look at besotted.co.uk. On the website, we'll have reports before, reports after. We've got this our audio boom, which we'll be doing a couple of podcasts probably before and after the game, just giving you know a view of the fans an hour before the game, maybe an hour after the game. So lots of things going on with Besotted. You can catch it if you just go onto besotted.co.uk website. Um, it's been a it's been a profitable week. It's been a decent week. We haven't lost. You know, we're moving in the right direction, uh, onwards and upwards. Let's look forward to Bolton. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.